Hi everyone, welcome to the All Things Credit Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about credit basics. Now, this is going to be a multi-part series about credit basics and credit cards. And for part one, we're going to talk about what components your credit report must show. And this is going to be an overall foundation or all-encompassing episode and how to obtain the illustrious 750 plus credit score. Now, why 750 in particular? Well, if your credit score is 750 and above, anything above that is just gravy, right? So it'll have little to no effect in regards to how high your credit limits are. We know your credit score is high, so we know that you're going to get approved, and it doesn't determine the type of auto loan that you get or you know what interest rate you'll get as well. Even with mortgages, it doesn't. Your credit score doesn't determine that all that much. The range for mortgages might be 780, but even then, there are so many other factors within your mortgage that determines your rate. That I'm just sticking with the 750 credit score. So, without further ado, let's get into the credit basics part one. So let's talk about how your FICO score is calculated. So if you're able to, I want you to Google FICO credit score pie chart. Again, that's FICO credit score pie chart. Once you find that image on Google, it should be the very first one that pops up, but there should be an image where it says FICO score in the middle of a circle and different colored numbers around it. And we're going to dissect each one and what each component means in regards to your FICO score. And the information that you're going to receive today is information directly from the MyFICO website because there's articles and there's information directly from FICO about how your score is calculated. And I'm also going to be giving you my experience as well because all I do is applications and I'm the underwriter that either approves or denies certain people depending on what type of application or loan they're applying for. And a lot of what I see on a daily basis also tends to match what FICO represents. So let's talk about the amount owed. Simply put, the amount owed is essentially talking about how much of your credit are you using. So if you have a credit card, are you maxing it out? Or if you have a mortgage or installment loan, it's going to compare what the original loan amount was versus your current balance of where it's at now. However, it's more so leaning on the revolving accounts. And I did this as an experiment to myself. I knew what the outcome was going to be, but I wanted to know how drastic the outcome was going to be. So I challenged myself, which wasn't really a challenge, and I maxed out all my credit cards. I spent all my money. I wanted to see how fast or how drastic my score would change. Y'all, my credit score dropped 120 points. Just from simply maxing out my credit cards, I kid you not, it was the sharpest downturn I've ever seen. So it's very, very important that whatever revolving credit cards you have, you want to pay those down as quickly as you can and watch how fast your credit score rises. If you don't have anything else damaging your score, like if you don't have any bad payment history, if you don't have any collections, or if you don't have any you know, bankruptcies or foreclosures, If you just have credit cards, if you pay off your credit card debt, watch how fast your credit score jumps. I kid you not. So pay off those debts. It's slightly different with installment loans, but again, 
credit cards are the name of the game. They control the majority of how your score is calculated. Now, let's talk about new credit, which is 10%. Now, I'm getting this directly from the MyFICO website, and I'll have it linked in the show description. But for new credit, it says research shows that opening several credit card or credit accounts in a short amount of time represents a greater risk, especially for people who don't have a long history. So if you are opening up three different credit cards fairly, fairly quickly, and you have a thin credit file, you're going to look really risky. So if you're just starting out, if you're opening up your first credit card, wait about six months before you open up your next credit card. You don't want to open up three different ones all at once because, again, you look risky. However, if you have a credit file and you, let's say, you know, 10 years or so, you can open up newer accounts or a lot of other accounts in a shorter period of time and it's not going to affect your score as much. So that's what new credit is. Next, let's talk about length of credit history. And again, I'm getting this information directly from the MyFICO website. In general, having a longer credit history is positive for your FICO scores, but is not required for a good credit score. And this also makes sense because I would see applications with people who have thinner credit files, but they'll already be at a 750, 800 credit score. So you don't have to have a credit file that's 20 years plus. You can have a two-year credit file or a 20-year credit file. Again, it's not really required for you to have a good score. Then let's look at the other 10%, which is credit mix. Now for credit mix, FICO scores will consider your mix of credit cards, retail accounts, installment loans, finance company accounts, and mortgage loans. Don't worry, it's not necessary to have one of each. And I'm so glad FICO put this in their article because a lot of clients of mine that I work with outside of my day-to-day job, they always worry, they're like, I don't have a mortgage or I don't have an auto loan or I don't have this. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have every single loan in the book just to get a high credit score. You can have just credit cards and an auto loan, or you can have just a mortgage and credit cards. No matter what you have, no matter what you have, you still want to have credit cards, but you don't have to have anything else to have a good credit score. Now I save this one for last because this is going to be a slight rant, and I'm also going to peel the veil for misconceptions. But payment history, of course. We want to see or we want to have on-time payment histories for all of our accounts. This is the biggest portion of your credit score. Now, one thing I am going to talk about, and this is a misconception, is that people say auto loans are the best things to build your credit, and I'm going to tell you it's not. One, if you have a limited credit file, the bank that's going to issue your auto loan is going to give you a high interest rate, which resolves or which goes into a high payment. So you're already at a disadvantage, number one. Number two, they don't build your credit as fast for auto loans. They don't. You know what builds your credit fast? Credit cards. The reason why that is is because it doesn't have, for one thing, auto loans don't have as much merit. And the reason why they don't is when you take out an auto loan, the bank has an asset, which is the vehicle that you're driving. So if you don't make your payments, all the bank has to do is repossess the car and sell it at an auction, and the bank could lose a lot less money, or they could probably gain money depending on the value of the car, and pay off the loan, and that's that. 
So the bank really didn't lose that much, and whatever money that you paid them, they've already made that little bit of interest. Whereas with credit cards, credit cards are unsecured. So if you were to get approved for a credit card and spend the bank's money, guess what? The bank is never going to see that money ever again. They're never going to get it back. That's a total loss. So that's why credit cards hold a lot more weight because it's showing how responsible you are as an individual with someone else's money. That's why credit cards build your credit up a lot faster and they hold more weight in your credit report. The third reason is, is that auto loans and mortgages, they are considered installment loans. Installment loans have a fixed period of time of how long that loan is going to be available for. In regards to payment history, we want to have as long as a payment history as possible. So if you have an installment loan, aka auto loan, it's going to be for a short period of time. But when you have credit cards, they are revolving. They're open for as long as you want them to be. Case in point, when's the last time you close out a credit card? But when was the last time you paid off your car? Your credit card should still be open. And guess what? Your credit card is still building a payment history. Whereas your auto loan that you had, it stopped reporting a payment history, which is no longer being calculated. It stops. Once that account is closed, it's closed. And for anyone that has ever experienced this, I know I certainly have, have you ever seen your credit score drop so fast the moment you close a credit card account? Yeah, that's because the credit card holds that much weight because it's a revolving, it's an open account. So you want to keep that account open for as long as you can. But when you pay off an auto loan, how often or how drastic does your credit score change? It doesn't really change that much. Why? Well, it's an auto loan. It's not as it's not calculated the same as a credit card. So I hope that changes the misconception. Auto loans don't build your credit. Credit cards build your credit. And they do so because they're open accounts. They're always revolving. Case in point, when I was doing an application for a client at Chase, they had the same credit card open since 1998. And guess what? That card was still reporting and holding the weight of this client's entire credit report. But you know what came and went? His mortgage that was opened and then paid off. Auto, all their auto loans were opened and then paid off. But their credit card, still open. This client was sitting at a comfortable 840. And that was the only thing they had open on their credit report. Everything else was open and then closed. So whatever credit cards you have, keep them open. And if you are a young person looking to build credit, or no matter what age you are, realistically, and you're looking to get yourself back on track, get a credit card. Keep it open. Make your on-time payments. Pay your bills off in full. That's it. Don't overcomplicate credit. It's really not that complicated, I promise you. We just went over the five components of how your credit score is calculated. And based off of what we've seen, it's payment history and the amounts owed. Just those two simple things. So now that we know what builds your credit the most, we're going to talk about what credit cards should you have. And I'm going to tell you what you should not have or should avoid. And that's store credit cards. And I'm going to give you another three reasons why you should avoid store credit cards. 
one, you can only use that store credit card at that specific location. So it's a huge inconvenience. You can't use it to buy gas. You can't buy groceries. And you really, I mean, again, you can't use it anywhere else. You have to use it at that specific store. Two, the points and rewards that you're going to get from that store credit card are probably subpar or just the same as the points and rewards that you can get from a major bank issuer credit card. So take the pamphlet, see what points you're being offered. I mean, if you really want to, I just avoid store credit cards altogether. But if you are a strong fanatic of a certain brand, look at the points, look at the rewards and compare that to a credit card that you already have. In most cases, the points and rewards that you get from your bank issuer credit card are probably going to be better than the store credit card. And the third reason is is that store credit cards are pretty much disregarded altogether. I know that we disregard them all the time at my job at Chase. We're the largest credit card issuer and all I do is look at credit card applications for consumers and small businesses. We don't consider store credit cards as a part of your credit report or your credit history. No matter how much is reporting, we don't consider them because it's a very limited use case basis. And on top of that, we don't consider it as a legitimate credit card. So even if even if it's reporting on your credit report, it's it doesn't hold much value, doesn't hold much merit. If anything, it actually holds less merit than an auto loan. So I say that to say, just avoid store credit cards altogether. You don't need it. The points you're going to get are probably subpar, and it doesn't help you in terms of your credit. It's not building your credit any faster. So then what credit cards should you get? Now, I'm not sponsored by any of these banks, although I wish I was, but I'm not sponsored by any of these banks, and this is in order of where you should be starting and where you can work your way up to going forward. And it's a very simple list. And this is for anyone at any stage. So whether, again, if you're a young person looking to build credit or reestablish, this first credit card company is for you. If you're someone that has already have experience with credit cards, then the last two credit card companies are for you. So listen to this section and determine where you are. But if you're just starting and looking to reestablish, the first credit card issuer I would strongly suggest is Capital One. I love Capital One. I currently have three of their cards. I have a Quicksilver I use for everyday purchases. I have one for Walmart because I shop at Walmart all the time, and I have a small business credit card. Their app is amazing. And how to use it, how to make payments, schedule automatic payments, get your statements, all that stuff, very easy to use. And contrary to popular belief, the customer service at Capital One is actually really, really good. So, and another thing is I actually helped seven or nine of my friends who were just starting out with credit or had no credit. I got them approved at Capital One. And they're already on their way to building up their payment history so that they can start getting the auto loans and start getting better interest rates. Capital One is a great stepping stone that you can use and it's going to build dividends over time for you and your credit report. Now, once you've had that Capital One card for about six to eight months, then you can upgrade to Discover. I love my Discover card. And same thing with Capital One. Discover has a great app. They're easy to make payments to. Their points are also amazing. 
and they uh, also offer 0% interest for the first, I think, 12 or 15 months, depending on their promotion. So if you have a big purchase coming up, guess what? You can use your credit card, pay little interest, and then pay it off as quickly as you can. Now, and guess what? Those are two credit cards out of the four that you need to start building your credit. I'm not sure if I mentioned this already, so I apologize, but the number that you need or the number of credit cards that you need rather to get that 750 plus credit score is anywhere from four to five. That's the standard. It's not the bare minimum and it's not like you know, you're taking out a lot of credit cards. I know I have 14 different credit cards and let me tell you, I didn't notice a difference after the fifth credit card. Everything above that is just fine, whatever. So four to five credit cards is the standard. That's what you wanna have. Anything above that, again, is just gravy. And we already went over two of them, having a Capital One and Discover card, great. Now, the third card that I want you to have, and this is no specific type of brand, but rather a collective group, and that's your local credit union credit card. And you're probably thinking, why do I wanna have a credit union credit card? One, credit unions are not-for-profit. So their bottom line is quite flexible and they're not as profit hungry as some of these other big banks. So what that means for you as a client or a customer or consumer is your interest rate on your credit cards are much lower than the big banks credit cards. Two, most credit unions have a profit sharing program with their members. So that can equate to better rewards or better cash back or better travel perks on your credit card. And that, I mean, is a win-win-win for anybody realistically. And again, same thing, customer service is great. And because they're local, they're able to better service you and understand you as a person. And they also have a, uh, they have a human underwriter, underwriting system, depending on which credit union you go with, but it's more human and less automated than the big banks. So that's the third type of credit card I want all my listeners to consider. Now, the fourth one is whatever credit card you want. Because now at this point, you've already established yourself as someone who can handle their credit. Because you start off with one card, then you got the other. Now you got the third. The fourth one, you can go all out. And I strongly suggest doing your research. So whether if you want to get an uh, Amex card, by that time, you already qualify for an Amex. Heck, you can even get a Platinum card if you want to. Because I've even heard of people with 500 credit scores or 596 rather credit scores getting approved for platinum credit cards or you can get your chase sapphire reserve or you can get your city double cash whatever cards you get or the fourth card you get you can get it for whatever you want use that for you so if you're an avid traveler get a traveler credit card use it for your points that's how people get miles and take free trips twice a year right and there are plenty of other YouTube channels that show you how to maximize your points and what the requirements are. So that's the stepping stone. Capital One, Discover, and then your local credit union, and then whatever card you want. Once you have those four cards, you really don't need anything else. Assuming that you don't have any other, you know, collections, bankruptcies, foreclosures, you know, you just have a clean slate. And I'll have another part two that's going to show you what to do whenever you're in those situations. So this will conclude part one of the credit basics for the All Things Credit podcast. 
Thank you so, so much for listening. And for those who have provided feedback already, just know I am working to implement them in more episodes, and I appreciate everyone who has listened to me so far. Um, So without further ado, let's end the episode, but uh, I want to ask if you can share this on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, uh, so I can grow my listeners and help more people out just like you. And if anything, have a good rest of your day. Thank you.